take with rb like always you know what to do drop a like if you are enjoying the content subscribe to the channel if you're new and ring that bell that way you always get the notifications today we are joined by a very special guest sixers writer nba reporter or over at the painted lines austin krell you can follow him on twitter at nba krell as you can see down below uh, go follow him for the latest Sixers news, coverage, updates, all that good stuff. Um, he's a great follow, and he knows what he's talking about. Austin, thanks for taking the time to join us today, man. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. My pleasure. Hey, I'm excited to um, you know get right into it. And also, if you guys have questions and comments for Austin, drop them down in the comments section. And uh, if we have time, we'll try to get to some of them. But I want to start off, you know... We're on day four of free agency. It's it's felt like, you know, a whole year of back and forth and uh, Sixers fans are going crazy. Some of them are peaceful. Some of them are going over the bridge. Um, where do you stand and what do you make of the signing last night, bringing Danny Green, a great vet and glue guy, back to this team? Yeah, um, it was I, I was surprised, to be honest. I really was. Um, I had heard a bunch of things, um, I guess, off, off, off of Twitter that uh, suggested that it probably wouldn't be the case. Um, I mean, I, I think he enjoyed Philly and I think he liked being in Philly. Um, I do know that the, the fan stuff was definitely uh, weighed into his decision. Um, and it was one of the reasons why it wasn't a quick re up and, you know, we'll sign. But I think what it comes down to is he wanted about 17 to $19 million per year. On his, on his deal and his market just never materialized that way from what I understand. Um, and so he got the two years, 20 mil. Um, they used the early bird rights on him, which is how they got him. Um, they still have, I think, 2.6 million of the not, of the taxpayer mid-level exception left. So they can use that. Um, and, you know, they have the, the, they have the, uh, the veteran minimum deals left. So, yeah, I mean, I think so far, uh, I mean, they've signed – Cork Maz to a three-year, $15 million deal, so they're paying him five. That's tradable if you need it. Um, Danny's obviously tradable if you need the money in there. But Andre Drummond, I thought, was a pretty good get at the vet minimum. Um, he's still, you know, in his mid-20, mid to late 20s. He's a good rebounder. Um, and, you know, he can sort of play that that, that starting job if Joel needs him, um, and if Joel needs, needs to, you know, take a game off. And then also um, George Niang, I thought, was a really good pickup, a solid uh, stretch guy off off the bench uh, plays the Mike Scott role better than Mike Scott does, which is a step up from what they had. Um, I think also like if there are games where Drummond has to start and then therefore you don't you don't have a backup five, you can play some you can play him at the backup five and really go fish five out and 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 carve up a defense that way. Um, so I think all in all they've improved marginally. Um, if Danny had walked away they would have taken a, a pretty significant step back, I thought. Um, but they re-upped Danny. They, 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 they add some guys there. They replaced Dwight. I think they're in a very similar spot than they were as to what they were last season. You probably want to take into account the fact that they're going to have some turmoil internally. Ben is on the team still. Um, and the fact that, like, other teams got better, like Miami got better. Um, Milwaukee kind of, like, took, like, a step sideways or – or step backwards, if you if you will. Brooklyn, I think, got a little better. 
Um, so, you know, I, I, I think they're probably gearing up for the way things are probably right now. I'd say probably a three or four seed. Interesting. Interesting. So, yeah. Um, you know, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think they improved the roster, you know, bringing in a backup four, like you said, a backup five. I thought people were overreacting about the whole Andre Drummond signing. Um, you're bringing him in at a minimum. He's a backup center. We lost Dwight Howard. I thought you needed a guy with experience rather than maybe starting a rookie, right? Like a Bassey or a Paul Reed. Um, but in terms of Danny Green, do you think it ever got to a point where Daryl Morey kind of looked at the market, like you said, some of these other shooters going off the board. It, it felt like 15 shooters went to the Los Angeles Lakers. Do you ever think it got to a point where, you know, Daryl uh, Morey was trying to go a bit low, Danny was trying to raise the bar, and Daryl Morey said, you know what, we we need to do this because if we lose Danny, like, where do we go after that? Um, I think, well, I don't know this for a fact, but my, my, my gut says there are probably – well, I, I'm sure there was a little bit of like internal, like we got to bring him back. Then like, no, we don't have to bring him back. I know Doc wanted him back. He said as much, um, you know, at the end, at the end of the season presser. But I mean, the, the thing, I think the thing, the reason it didn't happen right out of the gate when it could have, because they had his bird rights anyway. Um, you know, there was probably a little bit discussion of like, we liked him and we had a, we you know, we, we, it was great. He was great for our, our veteran uh, presence, but do we really love him enough to, you know, where we have to, appease his dollar value that I think just because it took so long, there's probably some conversations there, but Daryl is an, is a bargaining, a bargainer. He, 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 he's very good at what he does. Um, and he kind of just, you know, canvassed the market and said, I'm going to bet against this guy getting what he wants early on. And I'm going to try to get him at a lower price. And that's exactly what he did. Exactly. And, and in addition to that, I know there's been a lot of, you know, stirring the pot today about what Danny Green had said about Sixers fans in relation to the whole Ben Simmons thing. Do you think there will be any impact on that? Do you think, you know, Sixers fans should kind of just breeze it off and say, you know, it is what it is. Uh, he's a great glue guy and he's back on our team now. Yes, but they they won't. Um, <laughs> they won't. Um, I think honestly, like, I get the whole thing. Like he's been here for five minutes. He played five games in front of fans, yada, yada, yada. Um, I also think that he's trying to tell you something there. Like it's a moment where I know it's hard to sort of do some inter introspect, um, introspection sometimes, but th reflect on, you know, on, on what he's telling you. I mean, I, I kind of looked at that and said, well, I wonder how many guys in the past haven't come to Philly when they had the opportunity to because of the fans. And, you know, because they, they they didn't want to have to deal with fan booing and, you know, a bunch of drama on Twitter or whatnot. And I, I know it's a soft way of looking at things, but it, I mean, they're human beings and they all have internet, they all have social media. And I do wonder like how much of that factors in um, and, and whether that's prevented them from, from getting guys in the past. And I think if, if, if getting, you know, those free agents that they wanted, if, 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 if that was something that, you know, led to a championship, um, would they have really cared if the guy was like, I don't like booing. Like, like I think you'd sacrifice booing if for a sake of a title, if it meant getting the right players in there. So I think those are all things that are just worth thinking about, but, um, you know, it's in the back now. And I, I would certainly say that he's here and, uh, it might have some lingering effects for a couple of games, but I think he'll make enough threes at some point where they'll be like, okay, let's just, you know, give the guy a break. 
Yeah, I agree with you. And, and I just think it needed to happen. And the fact that there's a team option on the second year as well, I think is huge. Um, I'm pretty sure that was yeah. confirmed by his uh, friend and co-host of the podcast. Well, so that's incorrect, actually. That's Sorry. incorrect, actually? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I Woj reported that a couple minutes after Harrison put that out, Woj reported that there was no team options. So it's fully guaranteed. Really? Yep. Yeah, I, I, think, I saw that. I just didn't know because I, I didn't know whether to go with Woj or his one of his good friends, you know? Yeah. So the one there's a couple benefits to that. One is um if they if they were to do it like a one year plus a guarantee or a one year plus an plus like a, an option, it would it, it would be considered it wouldn't be considered an early bird right signing. So it would have to be the full two year guarantee. Right. Um additionally. Um, if it was a one-year deal, they would have required his consent to trade him in the future. By giving him a two-year deal, they don't require the consent. So that was sort of a, a leverage point, if you will. Right. Um, so I, it was a full guaranteed two years. Sorry, sorry to correct you. I wanted to, you know. No, no, no. Feel free by all means, because I, I was confused on that. I was actually going to ask you about it because um, I feel like there's been a whole bunch of confusion um, with the Niang signing and then Danny Green and it's, I don't know. I feel like we've been hearing a lot of different things about it, you know? Yeah. It's a, the salary cap is wildly confusing. Um, and it's for, for people I talk to, it's, it's, it's best left for a lawyer to explain or for <laughs> like an actual NBA salary cap employee to explain. Right. Um, but there are some geniuses out there who study it and really know it very well. And I, and I definitely have benefited from their yeah. uh, tutelage. Yeah, definitely. Um, but Let's go ahead and then talk about, you know, the next, I guess, couple weeks. Um, obviously, we have a huge elephant in the room to get to. But before we get to that, I want to ask you, you know, obviously the Sixers have been restricted in terms of their flexibility. And you have a, a ton of Sixers fans coming out here and saying, why isn't Daryl Morey acting more on some of these signings? Uh, at the end of the day, we don't have a lot of cap space. And, you know, when three of your top guys take up approximately 60% of your salary cap, it's hard to come out here, especially when they have more uh, years left on their deal and and do some things. But do you what what do you think Daryl Morey's approach and mindset is right now? And do you think the Sixers are essentially done? Is this kind of the roster we're going to build out? You know, but for the most part, at least, uh, you know, going into summer league and camp and all that. So I'll tell you this: um, I do know that that they've they've kind of opted for a little bit less aggression in free agency because they're trying to sort of keep their options open in terms of trades. Um, I think you can all agree between the lines what that means. Um, And, you know, I I think there is a part of it where the reality is like, Hey, they don't have a ton of money. Like they they were coming into free agency. They had um, their own guys that they could resign with bird rights. They had veteran minimums. They had the taxpayer MLE. And by the way, they've used, a couple of those tools already. Um, you know, if, 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 if they hadn't given Tobias Harris, the contract they gave him as great as I, as great as a player as I think he is, and I think he's slandered way too much. Um, you, you, when you have, you know, multiple all-stars and a fringe all-star, you're going to be paying max dollars. And that's just the reality of it. And um, so when you pay max dollars to two or three guys, you're not going to have a lot of space and you have to act in other ways. You still have, 12 other roster spots to fill out. So yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's something where like you, everyone wants this, the shiny new piece. Everyone wants that shooter. Everyone has their eyes on this guy. Everyone thinks, well, maybe, uh, 
maybe he'll be willing to take a discount for a winner. Yeah, but he can get more money at, at, than what we than, than what the Sixers can give him potentially, and he can go be in the sun in Miami or be in the sun in Los Angeles, and that's a hard deal to turn down. Right. And you can go chase a ring there. Um, so I, I think it's just a matter of like they have a point in, in some respects. There are guys that I would have probably pursued heavier, like Rudy Gay um, was a guy that I thought would have made a lot of sense for them. But at the same time, you have to think about like there are literally restrictions with what, what they can do. So, right. And um, based off your approximation, obviously um, we used, I think it was the tax, uh, the taxpayer mid-level on George Niang. Um, so after, so after using that, and did we use part of that or all of that? Part of that. I believe he signed for 6.7 mil. If you divide that by two, which is the number of years, that's like 3.35. Yeah. Yeah. So you still have a couple mil left, like two or 2.6. Now, if they had, if they were to have expensed that remaining 2.6 or gone over that to sign somebody else, it would have been hard capped. And then if they had hard capped themselves before determining the Simmons situation or before determining the Danny Green situation, they would not have been able to re-sign Danny Green at all because once you're hard capped, you you can't use your bird rights. Right. So the way that they pivoted it was they signed him into a, a level of, of, of taxpayer uh, or let, the level of mid-level exception where it wasn't definitive what it was at the time. And then they used that leverage and that little bit of wiggle room to bring Danny back and then explore the rest of their, of their taxpayer mid-level. So they still have the, they still have veteran minimums. They still have the taxpayer mid-level with what's left of it. And then that will be the remainder of their free agency um, acquisitions. And then the rest will be trades. Okay. That makes sense. So, I mean, to me, honestly, when, when you look at it overall, it kind of seems like Daryl has a plan here and I've been going back and forth, you know, thinking, is he going to make a trade? Is he not going to make a trade? I One aspect of me, you know, feels kind of the fan side, like there's that, that urge, that impulse there. And then the other side is like, I don't know, because there's so many conflicting things. But as we move on and today, I'm sure you heard the report coming from Jason Dumas, Bleacher Report. Um, he said that essentially Ben Simmons has cut all communication with the Sixers. Um, and going even further, uh, there's a, a report coming out saying that He's not even answering Joel Embiid's calls or anybody on the organization. What can you tell us about um, where Ben Simmons stands, where Daryl Morey stands, and just this entire situation that uh, is going in a lot of different directions? Well, it is ugly. That's for sure. Um, it's not con conducive to team building. That's for sure. Um, it's going to be very awkward for, for, for them when they come back. Um, the questions will be asked by a very, I guess, demanding media market is what I would say. Um, however, I would say this. Um, I know that leak came from out West. Um, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was definitely not from, you know, the, the, the Sixer side of things from what I understand. Um, and the, the, the sentiment that I gather from, from just talking to Ben Simmons people, and, you know, understanding what I understand about their camp is that he has not up to this point expressed a, 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 an intent to want to get out. Um, he, he, you know, he said publicly he wants to stay from, from, from what, from what I'm told he would like to stay. Um, and, you know, there, there are, there are, there are outside factors right now that 
are, you know, are trying to, 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 to stir some things up because they want him on their team, their players in the Warriors who want Ben in Golden State. Um, and I, I, I think, um, you know, p- part of, p- part of it all is like, yeah, they're trying to get in contact with him. Put yourself in his shoes, right? Um, you, you read the rumors, you know, they're trying to trade you. And so them saying like re- them reaching out to you, like it feels fake, right? I mean, you, you would feel like you're being betrayed actively. So, so I, I think there's, there's understanding. I can understand from a human standpoint, why Ben wouldn't be returning contact. That being said, um, I, I I think the professional thing to do and sort of the way to, to, you know, to, to not let this get uglier and then therefore, you know, have this end poorly where Ben's going to a spot where he is not comfortable. I would just, you know, you, you might, you might be in your best interest to, to, um, you know, play it professionally and, you know, play along with, 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 with answering calls and whatnot. And let's not forget, like the organization has been, you know, very publicly supportive of Ben Simmons. Now, whether they've been the same way behind closed doors, I don't know, but Joel has never been one to criticize Ben up until that last, you know, until up for, you know, there were some like occasional comments that you could read, you could read between the lines, sort of see what he was getting at. But Doc was always very publicly supportive of, 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 of Ben and, you know, Daryl, whether he means it or not, and whether he's, you know, working two two sides of, 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 of the stick um, ha, has been supportive of Ben and in terms of what he said to the media. Um, but I think it's a very difficult situation for all involved because it's, it, it very much appears it's not a matter of, of if, but when, and when that happens, you kind of just sort of like, you want to separate because right. it's awkward. Yeah, definitely. And there's a couple directions I want to go with this, but, but the first one is more so, you know, you talk about um, the situation getting ugly, right? And, um, you know, behind, you know, and publicly the Sixers, like you said, um, it's not like they've come out and explicitly, you know, we've heard it from the lips of Daryl Morey, we're going to trade Ben Simmons. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I I would have to say, I feel like Sixers fans feel this is inevitable. And honestly, the blame, in my opinion, goes a, a lot more maybe than you might think on Ben Simmons because, you know, he's out here posting cryptic Instagram posts and, you know, the hourglass and he's got the every every offseason shooting a jump shot. And um, meanwhile, Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid after that game seven, they came out and said, you know, uh, we're sorry, Philly. We'll be back. We'll be here. And I don't think we've heard anything in terms of commitment from Ben Simmons since the end of the season. So, um, you know, it, it, whether... His agent, because we heard Rich Paul, you know, wants to get him to a place that obviously he's going to continue to make money. And then the Sixers obviously have their interest in mind in a star. I, I just think, do you see any way, especially with how things ended, that Ben Simmons could actually come back here in Philadelphia? Because I, I just think he's going to get booed every single night. He's not going to have a, a lot of support here. And, you know, sometimes even though a, a player can live up to that potential, sometimes it's just... It, you have to move on from a certain situation, you know, it, even though a guy might still have talent and be good, sometimes it's just not the right fit anymore. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think sometimes bad relationships just can't, just, just can't persist. And, you know, you can go through counseling and, you know, whatever. And at a certain point, it's like, we're just not compatible anymore. Um, 
And so, you know, I think that's possible. I, I certainly think that they could drag this out into camp and, and wait for it um, and, you know, try to play through it. And my guess is what it would end up being is like one day randomly Ben pops up on the injury report saying he's out with a, with a, you know, a personal situation or he's out with this sort of minor injury. And, you know, then you never see him again in a Sixers uniform. Um, that would be, you know, Rich Paul, you know, guiding him as to what to do. Um, I, I'm not saying like, I'm not accusing Ben of being soft in that way at all. Um, I'm, I'm just saying that like, that's a very logical way that this could, could, could go down just given how NBA players operate. Um, it operated similarly with Markel Fultz. He missed, he randomly just stopped, you know, he wasn't, he, he missed some time in his, you know, the second year with an injury and then he never played a game again because they got traded because, you know, for reasons. Right. Um, so I, I could see them bringing him back. I, I, I think ultimately it comes down to this is the, the Sixers are playing this out until Damian Lillard comes back. He played a couple games to make it seem like all is, you know, he, he gave it a shot. And then eventually he's going to say, they didn't do anything. They didn't get any better. Um, I, I have my shooting coach, my training coach in, in Philly. They've been pushing for me for a while. I'm going to request, you know, a trade and, 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 get, and get somewhere else. And that's when Daryl is going to exercise and that, 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 uh, you know, the, the operations he's been trying to, 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 to do. Um, I tell you this, he's, but it's subjective, I guess I'd say, but you could, you could make a very strong case that he struck out what twice, three times um, since he's come here. He, he didn't get hard in, even if you want to believe it, that, that it was, it was Tillman Partita saying, no, I'm not trading Daryl Morey, James Harden. Sorry. Um, or you want to say, you know, the, the Kyle Lowry, they missed him at the deadline. Sure. I know Toronto's asking price was obscene and was completely ridiculous. Um, and um, you know, if you want to say that well, he missed Kyle Lowry again in free agency, that's fair. Um, so you could say that he has struck out a number of times and that would probably, you know, g- given the fact that he is obviously very much online in, in the Philly hemisphere of things, he, uh, he's, he reads what he reads, I'm sure. And he probably has a lot of personal motivation to make a trade and consummate a deal to get, to get Damian Lillard here. So whether that's a three team deal that gets, you know, Ben somewhere else and gets Portland eight picks or, gets Ben to Portland with Maxi and, and a couple of picks, whatever. Um, I, I think he would be all hands on deck as soon as he gets the slightest inkling that Lillard is available. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I would agree with you. Um, I, I've been supportive of Daryl Morey, but you are right. He has missed. Um, when it comes to this, you know, past and current free agency, like the first couple of days, I, I'm kind of perplexed and I want to get your take on it because you kind of alluded to it, but, you know, is that has that has that been the goal this entire time? Is it Dame or Bus? Is it Bradley Beal or Bus? Because if not, right, why wouldn't you go out and we haven't even touched on Tobias Harris? But who knows, right? I mean, maybe maybe his value is at the highest it's been, and you're trying to you know essentially move that contract so you don't have it on your books for a couple of years. But if that was the case. It, you know, if he was to move Tobias or Ben, say for lesser value, right, and, and acquire draft capital um, and, and cap space, I feel like it would have been done before free agency. That way we could go out and try to make a push for a Kyle Lowry. But at the end of the day, you know, we heard all these outlandish offers, right? Four first round picks, every young player on your team, Kyle Lowry, Van Vliet, and the rest of your starting line. Like, where are we at with, like, it, are, are those valid 
um, sources in terms of what Daryl has been asking for? And is it Lillard or if we don't get him, we're bringing Ben back to the roster? So I can't speak to the, to the, to the credibility of the sources. I'm, I'm definitely not one to, to, to criticize or critique or to, to talk down on anyone's sources because I'm so new to this. I don't know. People are there. A lot of people more credible than I am. Um, but I, I will say that like from what I've read, um, you know, in my free time and, and, you know, from the notes that I've written down from what I've read, um, this is not uncommon for Daryl Morey to, to, to ask for the world. Um, I, John Hollinger wrote in a piece today or rested for the athletic that just canvassing the league. This is very common for Daryl and people aren't surprised by it where he'll come in, ask for the, everything they have, and then settle for something more reasonable because he's just trying to set the market for his, for his asset. Um, so, you know, I, I think, you know, there's a bunch of different things here. I think this is, and this is why I like, I, I, I try to impress upon people on Twitter, like the whole sources thing. It's never, it's almost never that you're making it up or you don't actually have sources. It's that you have people who are jockeying for position uh, because they have a lot to gain or lose by, you know, by, by, by a transaction going a certain way. And so you very often have people lying to, to you to get things out there or trying to put up smoke screens or trying to get, you know, this to go, that to go. Um, so when people say like sources, like, 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 like source, do trust me or like source, like, like you, know, you don't have sources. It's very rarely not the case. Or it's, it's very rarely the case that they're actually just pulling steam. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's very complicated in that regard. Um, but I, I, I do think that um, Daryl has, you know, has been working the trade market pretty significantly as evidenced by the endless supply of rumors that have been out there. But I do think that the ultimate goal has been Bradley Beal has been um, Damian Lillard. And I think when you look at the fact that Minnesota has been mentioned, Indiana has been mentioned a couple of teams that don't really have equal assets to Ben Simmons in, in, in theory, Um, you think, well, why, why would they want to do that? What is Daryl doing? Um, and you think, well, he, he, he's intentionally picking teams that are, well, maybe not intentionally, but they're, 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 these rumors are about teams that can't possibly match the Sixers intangible assets. So they have to provide draft compensation. Draft compensation is very easy to redirect to Portland or to a Washington and give them eight first round picks or give them, give Portland eight first round picks and whatever they want. So that way they have the flexibility um, to, to choose a way that, they, that they're going to do undergo a rebuild. So uh, we'll, we'll see where, where it goes, but I suspect it's been Damian Lillard or bust or Bradley Beal or bust. And I think if, if Daryl could choose, he probably, I think he would obviously choose Bradley Beal or no, obviously choose Damian Lillard. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, and it almost feels like he's kind of built out the supporting cast. Like I said earlier, kind of polishing things up. And, and it seems like we're, you know, we're waiting for that final move. We're waiting for that final icing on the cake. But um, kind of getting to our last point, and then we'll look at the, you know, chat, answer some questions. But say Damian Lillard doesn't become available, right? Say, you know, he comes back, you know, after the Olympics. And I don't know why, because, you know, Damian Lillard has explicitly stated, like, this team is not good enough to win a championship. And, you know, the Knicks go out and they sign Kemba Walker. They sign Evan Fournier. That was another destination I could have potentially saw for a star like that. So honestly, it's like Daryl's playing this risky waiting game. But if it pans yeah. out, it's like, you know, we're here. We're at the forefront. So, um, you know, that's what, they all want. 
So Daryl Morey does. So exactly. he loves to do. Yeah, and his his track gambler. record has shown. Yeah, he's a, he's a gambler. He's a gambler, and it's paid off for him a lot. Exactly. Yeah. So at the end of the day, though, say Damian Lillard for some reason says no. Say Bradley Beal is content with Spencer Dinwiddie in Washington. Is Daryl Morey going to pull the trigger on a Malcolm Brogdon trade? A CJ McCollum? Are we going to settle for less, or do you think the the more likely route is we go to camp and, like you said, we drag this out? Um, or is it just like we got to get him out of here? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I just don't know. Um, what, what I would say is this is such a, a, a sensitive situation because, sure, like get Ben out of here. He's being a pain in the ass, whatever. Um, I, I get all those sentiments from the fan base and, you know, he's not worth much. He doesn't shoot. He had the worst. Play- I, I get the whole playoff thing, whatever. If you trade him for, for, for a, at a discount and you're, and you're, you take a step back as a team, that's it. That's, that's what you're locked into. There's no other trade assets there you, if you lose the trade, you will have compromised Joel Embiid's championship possibilities in his prime and then maybe he decides he wants to go elsewhere because he knows he can't win a title you have to you you have to win the trade you there's no going about there's no ifs ands or buts around it the out the the transaction that sends ben simmons out whether it's two teams three teams four teams whatever the 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 incoming pieces must result in a net gain for philly um and so i think for that reason and daryl daryl's always been one to be comfortable with awkward be comfortable with with these type of situations um, and, and I think he's a believer that the talent will always pre- present itself. It might not always be obvious. It might come by surprise, but there's always going to be a piece there that gets tired of losing or gets tired of their situation. And that's when you pounce. Yeah, I, I hear you. I hear it. I, I feel like that's kind of the likely approach um, for Daryl Morey. Like you said, it's who he's always been. Um, shout out to everybody in the chat. We got almost 300 people in here. Drop some comments, questions down below before I let Austin get out of here because I don't want to take up too much of his time. But um, let me ask you. So say we don't land a huge star. Say it doesn't pan out and Daryl Morey swings again and misses. Is this a successful offseason by your measure? Like you said earlier, you know, Miami got better. You have the Bucks coming back, the Hawks, right? Maybe the Knicks, uh, the Celtics, the Rat. I mean, I could go on and on. So, you know, are, are we content? Like you said, I mean, Joel and B could end up becoming unhappy. Is that where we're going to sit at? I think Joel is very much like from here, as was what the people on Twitter would say. Um, he's, I, I, I don't see him becoming that type of. maybe not malcontent but someone who is who is unhappy with the situation um and you know he might ultimately end up being your best trade asset even if that's painful to say for for some people i mean he he very well could be the most valuable thing you have um so will it be a a failure of an offseason or not well daryl inherited a lot of a lot of you know, contract guarantees that he that he and his group are required to pay to the current roster. So um, I think in terms of like upgrading the, the, you know, the backup stretch four position, I think he did a good job there. He resigned Danny Green and, and they, they're going to keep one of the best starting lineups in the regular season in the league this past season. So that's couldn't possibly be a loss. Um, Andre Drummond, you got him on a minimum. Anytime you can get a guy on a minimum deal, very hard to very hard to lose that 
the, you know, that, that situation because you're paying him literally the least you can pay him. Um, so I don't know that there was any other way to really go. Um, I would probably say that like maybe you, if, if that all-star doesn't become available and you don't get him, then hindsight's 2020 anyway. And everyone will say, well, they should have got this guy instead. Well, yeah, but they're, they're, they're going big game hunting here. They're not, they're not trying to, 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 to hook themselves and have obligations to, to, to minor pieces. So I, I think when you think about that, um, it's not really, you know, this massive loss or, you know, terrible off season that people might think it was. Um, I still think they're a better team coming out. So. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, we have a uh, $2 super chat from imagination studios says what, uh, if the Sixers got LaMarcus Aldridge and then got Lillard or Beal. So do you think LaMarcus Aldridge, I heard he could potentially come out of retirement. Uh, do you think that could be a potential fit? Maybe. It could. Um, then again, he might very well say like, I'm going to go take a minimum and go play in LA or I'm going to take a minimum and go play in Brooklyn again or, you know, whatever. Right. Um, but I mean, in terms of like aligning the pieces, that way you're in a better position to go get Damian Lillard. I think it's a sensible idea for sure. Um, yeah. I also think that there's going to be obviously an abundance of caution because you don't want to have a situation where Marcus Aldridge is on, is on the court and he getting and his heart gives out obviously. Yeah. So I think that's always a factor there. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's a sensible chess move. Yeah, definitely. Um, heard anything in terms of De'Aaron Fox and the Kings, or are the Kings pretty much out of the sweepstakes uh, at this point? I'd heard a little bit of buzz on that front. Uh, it never really materialized to much. Um, of course, I could have very well been lied to. Uh, it's always possible in, in this game. Um, but uh, there was a little bit of buzz there. The, the Sixers wanted, like, I think that the, the idea was the Aaron Fox, um, or if not Fox, like some very nice package, including like Halliburton or whatnot. Um, I, I don't think the Kings were interested in giving up Fox for him. Um, although I think I you could easily make the argument like, well, Fox is on a max deal. You have like the, the guy they drafted this year. They, they have Halliburton. The, the the timeline of 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 of, of what they're looking to do may not fit De'Aaron Fox, which is fair. Fox is like a year older than everybody else there. Um, but there was never like strong smoke from what I gathered. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, we have a $4 super chat. Shout out to my guy, Philly Talk Podcast. Uh, it says, Maury hands are full um, and Maury we trust. Yeah, so uh, I mean, what, what would you, what would your final message be to Sixers fans out there that may be, you know, panicking, hands are starting to sweat, right? That the big move hasn't happened. What, what would your ultimate message be to those people? Yeah, I think I would say, um, <laughs> there's so much to say. Um, I think number one, like what I said about winning the trade is such an important thing that you have to factor. Um, and so if you take the vacuum of they've at, they, they upgraded the Mike, the Mike Scott position, they've upgraded, they, they got, they got off to white Howard who all the analytics numbers say was horrible, which fair enough. Um, they, they signed a, a backup big on a veteran minimum. I mean, I think Daryl has done about as good of a job given their own, uh, goals and what they're looking to do. I thought he acquired the, some good pieces there to help them 
keep you know the money that they need to keep open while also keeping the big picture in mind. So um, sure, like you know, the Ben's still on, still on the roster, whatever. There's still going to be a very good regular season team, and yeah. if Ben, like, and I also think like. It also it often takes you reaching your lowest point in life as a person to really reflect on what you need to be better at, and I think this is a big moment for Ben. And I I, and I think if he's prideful, if he really understands, um, you know, is aware of himself, he'll come back a little bit better. Maybe not to the player that you know that 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 you want him to be, but I think he'll be a he could be a better version of himself. Um, so. You know, and, and I think also like there's a world where they start Tyrese Maxey and Ben's off ball more and they make him look better and his value gets higher and then Lillard requests out. So there's a, I think there's, this team is not in a terrible situation by any stretch. A lot of people are like, God, this sucks to be Philly. This got sucks to be us. Like, no, there are 26 teams that would like to be in the sixer spot, I think. Hey, but. I mean, I agree with you. I I hope Tyrese Maxey gets some minutes. Um, I hope Doc starts to trust a you know a bit of this young talent that we have. Um, if nothing else happens, I mean, Tyrese showed some great flashes at the end of the day, man. I mean, a lot of us are sick of Ben. We need a point guard, man. We need a we need a guard on the floor that's going to create some shots, going to get everybody else involved. Um, and we we just need that that you know that breath of fresh air. That I feel like that's what we need, and that's what we're kind of looking for. Maybe Tyrese can be that guy. But, you know, I, I mean, we are in championship mode as well, though. You know, like you said, we're not trying to waste Joel and his prime. Yeah, I agree. I also think that there's something to be said about, like, you need to grow young talent in order to have trade equity. Like, look at the Miami Heat of two years ago. They were they shocked everybody because Duncan Robinson, you know, crashed onto the scene. They, they had Kendrick Nunn. You need to have young talent off your bench to – have some depth. And so I think those are all important things to do. Um, Doc is not one to really trust young guys until he's worked with them for a couple of years. Right. So, you know, I, I think maybe, I think they'll probably expect more out of Tyrese Maxey in year two because he was such a, he, you know, he had such good moments in year one. Um, I will say that I think there is some internal um, desire to have Paul Reed play more rookie year and, and Doc wasn't, didn't think he was ready for that. Right. That just that's just, that just me reading, you know, some tea leaves there. Um, but that that that's what I, that's what I would say is I I think, you know, you you need to find the balance between grow your young guys so that way number one you have depth that's cheap, but number two you have equity in trades, but also you know understand that you're trying to win. You have to have a short leash. Like I don't think for fans expecting Jaden Springer to play this year, I have no. very big reservations about that. I. <laughs> I, I think you'll see him in Delaware more more likely than anything. Yeah. I, I mean, Daryl Morey pretty much confirmed it that he's most likely not going to even, you know, get on the court that much this year. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. You know, um, hopefully something comes soon in terms of, you know, just kind of, you know, keep keep on going. You know, Daryl Morey, keep on, you know, at least giving us uh, some signs, some light, just something. At least hopefully we get to hear from him soon in terms of, you know, what their plans are because, it seems like we have a lot of things uh, conflicting, going back and forth. But at the end of the day, I want to thank you again for coming on to the show. Um, if you guys have not yet, again, Austin Krell, follow him on Twitter at NBA Krell. Go get the latest Sixers updates, uh, news coverage, and all that good stuff. And hopefully we can get up on here again, you know, maybe in a couple of weeks or a month or whatever. Um, but thank you again for taking the time to uh, to talk with us. 
Sure thing. And the Phillies just swept the Nationals, so they're a half game out of the uh, at least. We're, we're bringing back the Phillies hope, huh? There, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a weak division. You can never know. You never know. Hey, we'll go with that. That's our motto. You never know. But appreciate everybody for tuning in. Be sure to like on your way out. Subscribe. And uh, I'll catch you on the next one. Peace.